Welcome to the Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales podcast. Join us for turkey and deer hunting tips, information, and stories. And now your host, Todd Hogan. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales. I'm your host, Todd Hogan. Today I'm joined by Nick Scarpino. How you doing, Nick? I'm wonderful. How about yourself? Doing all right. Glad you can join us tonight. Uh, Absolutely. Cold night here in Missouri, but um, we're going to talk some deer hunting. So um, I think what we're going to kind of go over is you had an, a unique year and uh, just kind of like some lessons learned from 2020. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting year. That's that's for sure. Um, bow season definitely could have went better than uh, than it did. You know, you always plan on on having a stellar season and bow hunting definitely has a has a way of setting you back down if you have your hopes a little too high um got out quite a bit actually uh um, took three different shots on three different deer missed every single one um (laughs) first one uh, it was my first time ever shooting a crossbow out of a uh, out of a box blind. It was the first time I had taken taken our oldest son, our seven year old, and uh, um, ended up shooting at a doe. And instead of, of hitting the doe, I, I I shot the the window frame of the blind. So that was that was interesting. Um, lesson learned on that one. Uh, and the the other two were were in a stand with my compound and and uh, just one I I uh, hit a limb and deflected off the limb and shot high over a, a, a good buck um, and then the last one was I just clean missed a uh, um, a doe I, I thought I ranged her she was kind of trotting and I did a quick range and um, had her stop and I I ranged her about eight yards ten yards off and <clears throat> She uh, um, she kind of took a step back, and I just shot right under her. So that was that was my bow season in a nutshell. Um, that happens. Luckily, yeah, it does. I mean, it does. It's all it's all part of it. I mean, if you uh, there's not a bow hunter out there that, that hasn't just clean missed a deer. So, but I tell you what, three of them in a season, I'm pretty special. <laughs> well, that and um, didn't you have a surgery right in the middle of the season too? Kind of boogered it I up. I did. I did. Yeah. I, you know, I had a, had a surgery and in, in the end of September and I was out for, now I didn't pull my bow back for, I don't know, six, seven weeks. So that was, that was interesting, but um, yeah, I, I, I got, got to shooting again, right around what, um, right around the first part of November. So I was, we'll just blame it on being a little rusty from my surgery. Absolutely. <laughs> That's for sure. But yeah, it's, um, I definitely did learn some lessons, um, you know, it, not only that I need to practice shooting more, but also just the overall timing. Um, it's, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a father of two children. Um, you know, they're both school-age children, one seven, one's four, also married, you know, have a, have a full-time career as well. And um, the, the unique thing about me, and it's not, really unique there's a lot of guys in the same position as I am but I'm lucky enough to have to have some private property but that private property is two and a half hours away Um, so 
what I find myself trying to do is, is, is obviously maximize my time in the woods. And it's been kind of a struggle trying to, trying to really, uh, um, you know, figure out when I need to take vacation because as a hunter, obviously we all save our, vac our vacation for, for deer season. Um, but this past couple, three years, I think, you know, it's been, it's been telling. And the reason it's been telling is because I've really tried to focus on truly the best days to hunt. Um, and not only being in the woods, but with the help of, of uh, uh, trail cams, and especially this past year, uh, I invested in three different cell cams and just, just scattered them throughout my property. Um, and it, it really did. It, it told the story of when I truly should, you know, take that, that week, 10 days of vacation, and focus on, on hunting when I'm going to see the most action. And What's, what you days know, did you take off there in November? So November, I, I, I focused kind of split on, it up though. Don't you so that I, you can have some gun season two? I did. Yeah, I did. And I, I think, I think that's another thing that I'm going to, I'm going to shift. Um, you know, I, I took off, basically I took off veterans day this year. Um, that's, that was, that was normally the kickoff of my, of my true hardcore season. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I, I took off the day before veterans day and I took an entire week off <clears throat> and I've, I've come to the realization after, you know, looking at trail cam pictures over the past couple, three years, and just truly thinking about what I've seen in stand and it's, I'm too late. The fact of the matter is, is that I'm, I'm focusing on the wrong part of the rut. Um, you think you're catching think, the lock down there? I do. I yeah. do. I think I'm, I'm truly catching peak rut and I'm, I'm not catching the pre-rut that I've been, that all of us hope to, hope to catch. Um, and I, I, going forward, I think I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that I am not going to focus on rifle because I am. I mean, I'm definitely far more passionate about the bow hunting yeah. as I am rifle. Um, you know, it's, it just creates more of a challenge, but, you know, I call myself a real world hunter. I mean, this the majority of us are, you know, we're, we're not, we're not lucky like some of the guys we idolize to, to make a career out of it. And, but as a real world hunter, you, you know, you got to get smart about it. And I, I truly think that this season, I mean, obviously I'll play the cameras. I'm going to see what the Intel tells me, but um, I think I need to start getting in stand end of October. You know, you, if you're in this long enough, you, you're always going to hear people say Halloween's a special day. You know, you, I, I always kill or see big bucks on Halloween. And while I've seen a couple, um, I don't see the majority of them during Halloween, but I truly believe that that that's the start of, you know, the mature bucks really getting on their feet. I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna see the, the year and a half, two and a half year olds, um, they're going to be starting to, to get nosy around mid, mid October, yep. or at least that's what I've seen. Yeah. But, um, you know, for me, I, I, I get about, I don't know, we'll call it a week to week and a half where I could, I could block out the time and I, I can just get away and hunt. Um, and I think this year I'm going to, I'm going to do Halloween with the kids. Mm -hmm. And then after Halloween, I'm really going to focus on that first week in November. Um, 
because I, I, I have had the most daylight activity that week out of the past three years. And I'm talking about um, Halloween to about November 7th. It really starts tapering off around the 9th. Um, and again, you know, with gun season, gun season is going to be late for us in Missouri again this year. Yeah, it's been like um, two years here. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 we've, with the, the way the calendars fall, and it's, we really can't catch a break because, you know, well, back in me, the day. Let yeah. me ask you this too, but uh, as a bow hunter, a couple of things. One, I love to bow hunt, but yeah. it's, it's humbling, like you said. Two, um, after being humbled by deer for, two months i kind of look forward to having that chance to have the rifle in my hand and pop one at 150 yards but in the same in the same breath as i say that in missouri here where we live once rifle season hits a day later all hell it, there's there's no rhyme or reason they're running for their lives so mm -hmm. and yeah. you like you were saying um which is trail cam camera inf info you've been able to put together a little story so you know what 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 happens on your farm and you are, as far as Missouri goes, you're in one of the best parts of the state, um, the northeast corner, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, our farm is, we'll call it around Hannibal, um, Hannibal, Missouri. Yeah, I'm, I'm roughly 35 miles due south of the Iowa border. So we, we do have incredible deer up there. Um, I've been lucky enough to harvest some just some absolute bruisers, you know, and not just bucks, you know, some, what I call wodos, you know, you walk up on her and whoa. <laughs> um, I've, I saw the one the today. The, uh, yeah. That's a brute. That is a brute. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I've had the opportunity to, to, to really put a hurting on some, some, just some good sized deer, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, once they start hearing the barrage of, of gunshots, it's a totally different ballgame, um, completely different. And, and I, like I said, I'm lucky enough that I, I, I am able to hunt private. Um, and really the guys around me, they, we don't, we don't overcrowd. We don't overpopulate. Um, you know, it's, it's not world war three on opening day. I mean, we, we really try and focus on what we harvest, um, and just the type of animal that we're trying to focus on, but it, it just seems like no matter what we do, um, come that second day of the season, it's just, it's a light switch goes off and it's automatically tougher. Um, you know, and again, that would be just another benefit to early hunting pre-rut, you know? Um, well, you can't, again, going back to, you can't put two, a quarter of a million people in the woods and the deer not know something's up. True. So, yeah, that's very true. I mean, Obviously, you know, no matter where their, their homing range is, they're, they're going to get bumped. You know, they're going to see something. They're going to they're gonna hear something. And it just, it's inevitable. Um, it's all part of it. But that being said, <clears throat> you know, it, opening weekend arrival and the second weekend arrival, I mean, ever, once day two hits, you're on the downward slope. But what I have seen is that um, with a, a dedicated, legitimate active food source, it's game changer. It's not a game changer so much during the rut. Um, but what I've noticed is that post rut, once these bucks are, are trying to replenish everything that they lost during the rut, mm -hmm. it, it, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. We, um, 
I have a 40 acre parcel and there's, we have three different food plots that we have created and really focused on. Um, the biggest one is, we'll call it three quarters of an acre, maybe an acre if, if I'm really feeling generous. Uh, and gosh, for, for years, and I'm talking six to seven, I tried to dedicate it as a clover plot and I did and it flourished. But the problem was, is that come rut, it just wasn't palatable for them. You know, they, they weren't hitting it. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided to change it up this year. And I did a, uh, I did a frigid forage uh, mix plot. It, it, it was, it's, it's brassicas, it's radishes, it's turnips. And what I noticed is that even in the warm months, um, those, those deer would pile in because it was something green. And once rut hit and once post rut came and it got real cold, those deer just absolutely hammered it. It just hammered it um, to the point that I have, I've determined that that's all I'm going to do in that, in that particular plot. Um, it's good, it, it, my property is going to be a little different this year. We're, we're getting it logged, so it's going to open it up. And the whole reason we're logging it is because we do have mature timber that, that's choking out the younger stuff. But the main reason is to just create a better habitat. You know, I want, <clears throat> my goal is to, to create um, far more bedding areas for the deer so they can, they can focus on my little parcel as opposed to our neighbors. Um, so you know, I'm taking, go ahead. Let me ask you something real quick, not, not to cut yeah. you off, but you, but you yeah. mentioned something. That, um, so you've got a 40 acre parcel, which isn't a thousand acres, but it's a nice chunk of land. Mm -hmm. Are you going to try to have a small section of that that you just a complete sanctuary that you just don't go into or? I am. Okay. I well, am. So, and the reason I ask is that uh, about 15 years ago, the farm I hunt here in Missouri, uh, we, they logged it. And it, there is some stuff that I just never go into. And it is some of the wooliest, nastiest crap. Mm -hmm. And all my big bucks come out of there. Um, yeah. And that's, that's basically what we're trying to create. Um, <clears throat> right now, my, my game plan going into the season is, um, well, first of all, the whole reason for me getting the trail cameras is the least amount of intrusion as possible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously we go in there, we do our work early in the season. Uh, we put in our food plots, do what we need to do. But really, I try and stay out as much as possible. Um, and when I hunt, season opener to I, I normally hunt until mid-October and then I, I call it quits. I call it quits until I, I really want to focus on pre-rut just to give it time to, to settle down. Well in that month or so that I'm hunting um, I'm focusing on the edges but not only edges I'm focusing on the boundaries. I'm not <clears throat> I'm not touching the middle of my property and I'm not touching the southern regions of my property because we're getting in the bedding areas. And I'm just, the last thing I want to do is educate them. Um, but- yeah, Do you have cameras set up in there? Or are you just- Oh yeah. Completely? Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I, I have cameras set in them and you can really tell a difference. Um, <clears throat> because when I had non-cell cameras, uh, it was inevitable. You know, you'd go in and change. Exactly. You'd go in and, and check them and change batteries and cards. And the next day or two, you'd get some some younger bucks and you'd get your your does, but the big boys wouldn't show. You know, I mean, they're they get old for a reason. We know that. That's right. Um, 
<clears throat> but what it that, what it taught me is that going forward after it's logged, uh, the middle of my property is essentially going to be a sanctuary, um, and nobody's going to touch it. And when I say nobody, I mean I'm not even going to put cameras in it. I'll put I'll put cameras on the edges of of that sanctuary area so I can, you know, see essentially put cameras on their trails so I know where exactly they're coming from and what time for you know, for, for hunting purposes, but I'm not going to intrude on that sanctuary in the hopes that, like you said, it can get wooly, nasty, um, provide the, <clears throat> the cover, not only the cover, but the brows that they need and just kind of keep it off limits. So that's the whole game plan. It's, I, I have a, a pond in there now that's overrun uh, with cattails. And the goal, I've been talking to some, um, some guys up there and I, the goal is to to fill that pond in and create a whole new pond closer to the middle of the property just so they can have you know the deer can have some water i mean we have ag all around us to the north east and east and west so I mean, essentially my what i envision is my property not only being a bedding area but a staging area as well so they can stage to go to the crops and stage to come to the water because there's really not a whole lot of water around me so I'm just trying to give them everything they need. Going back to the um, food plot you were talking about. So you had mm -hmm. a uh, food plot set up for essentially late season with mm -hmm. some, uh, with some brassicas. Um, yeah. Were you able to hunt late season and did you see anything decent? I did hunt late season. Yeah. Um, not only did I. On the cameras. Yes, I got, I, it was every day. Uh, once late November, once uh, Thanksgiving hit, I mean, there was, there was pictures at the same time every day. Um, my father, he's, he's had some health issues uh, the past few years, and this has been a great year for him. Um, had knee surgery early in the year, and I was finally able to get him in the blind with our, with my oldest. Mm -hmm. And I put him, I put, put him on deer every day, just focusing on that plot, because I mean, they were so, so centered on food and nutrition that that was my, that was my, my honey hole. Um, but yeah, no, I, I had, I had daily action there for three to three and a half weeks. So I truly did three quarters of a acre. Okay. So they hit it until they mowed it down. Right. Exactly. And they did. And last time I was up there, I pulled cameras and it was, uh, it was the second to last, January 8th ish. Um, and it, it they were gnawing at the grounds just to get to the little specks of the roots and the bulbs that were left. Yeah, it was, it was incredible to see. It really was. But again, it's all schooling, you know, it really tells you what they want when they want it. And I've heard guys say that, that, and then we didn't get it this year, but if you can get some extreme cold weather late in the year, it's probably the best big deer hunting of the year because you can, it's, you can put it like a, yeah. like you were saying, put a watch on them they'll be here 420 and they're there yeah. every day and so, they are they were like clockwork it was incredible um did you yeah. when you were hunting early in the season and you said you took a break a little bit did you see an uptick um in activity like maybe maybe and i'm not i don't know that it was but did you feel like maybe it was over hunted early and then it kind of picked back up or was it i mean you're not close um, enough that you can hunt it daily so it's not like it's being beaten left and right but Right. I mean, I would hunt it in two to three day spurts. Um, 
and no, I, I really didn't see that much of a change because, you know, we were always focused on your thermals, always focus on your wind. And even when the wind isn't the best, we would focus on hunting in the blind. Um, so we can contain our scent as much as possible. But no, I mean, with that dedicated food source, and we had another food source on the other side of the property um, that was the same frigid forage stuff. It didn't take as well, but it didn't really matter in September because they still focused on the greenery. Um, so we saw the same, the same results uh, with, the, with the second plot as we did the main plot. Um, but no, I mean, they, uh, uh, unfortunately, I, I saw a lot of deer but they weren't the mature animals that I was, you know, honed in on, on shooting. Um, a lot of, a lot of yearlings, a lot of one and a half, a lot of two and a half. But I mean, it was, it was daily that when I talk numbers and this is, this is huge for me in my place. Um, but there would be every day between two and seven deer in the plot at any given time. Now you got to take that, take into consideration that before I started putting in plots, before I started really, um, focusing on hunting the edges before I started really getting smart about it. I mean, there would be, there would be hunts where I didn't have a deer in range where I didn't even see deer. Uh, but what I can say about this year is that every single set I had, which was, we'll call it 15, 15 sets. Um, I had a deer in range every single set. Do you a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you sit the yeah. plots primarily or do you sit just off the plots in the timber? So I, I know early the season. Answer yeah. is, easy answers. Yeah. I like to sit the plot because I'm going to see deer. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that, that's what I focused on in September and October. But obviously once I got into November, I, I started creeping in closer to the bedding areas and their, um, and their travel routes. Uh, and I really made it a point to sit those. And even at that, I still had deer, deer in a uh, in range every sit it's i have a um it's off my logging road right now but i have it's a huge travel corridor they come from they come from myself um our bedding areas we have on us and then they come from my main neighbor to the south of me in two different trails and i mean it would every sit i had i had deer on each trail on each three heavily traveled corridor. Um, and it was just, you know, it really sh shows you um, and educates on just doing it smart. You know, it's it, years I wouldn't play the wind. You'd sit there and think, why am I not seeing deer? Well, you, you start figuring when, it out. <laughs> when you put those plots in, did you design them? Were you smart enough at the time to design them to think this is what I'm setting up? Or was it like a, like a kill plot? Like, I know if I set up on this wind here, or was it one of those things where you put the plot in and then just kind of worked your way through it? To like, well, now that I see it, I need to be here and here. So two of the plots were, were kill plots. <clears throat> um, well, at least we tried to design them as kill plots. <laughs> and, and the third plot, the main plot, we just, it, we, we had a large area that I could clear out and did. Uh, but it ended up, you know, that ended up being our, our largest kill plot per se, because we did, we completely, once we, we started figuring out where the deer were coming from, we completely redesigned everything. Um, mm -hmm. And we, we built the main blind tucked in the woods, 
uh, away a little bit and, you know, just kind of not indirect range of them. Um, basically everything you see, you see on TV, the, the smart guys doing, I, I just tried to mimic them. Um, and the, but the other two, it was, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're smaller plots, half acre plots. And you, we just kind of put them where we could yeah. and then just tried to set up as best as we possibly could for wins. Um, because, you know, with, with my place, it's primarily, you know, it's primarily a, uh, um, a north wind, the peak time we're hunting and you just try and focus on the best areas to, to set up in north winds. What about your access routes in and out? Um, I mean, did you think about that when you were setting them up or was it just, yeah. this is where I can put it and I've got to go with this? Yeah, no, yeah, you, you, you do. Um, I don't really focus on, on access too primarily much on my on my field edges because you know i mean i'm, I'm just basically going through the fields mo the majority of the time when we have crops up um but what i truly focused on is access points is my uh, um my later year stands my my rut stands um but yeah you, you focus on <clears throat> following the ditches um you know get into a creek bed get into a ravine you know you never ever ever want to touch high ground because um, especially as the leaf starts falling i mean you're going to be um what's the word i'm looking for you're going to be skyline you know they're, they're going to be able to pick you out no matter where they're at um because they're obviously focused focused on that horizon so yeah we really try and focus on staying as low as possible um and when i was younger <clears throat> one of my biggest things was you know i'd never hunt till till pitch dark um, I'd always come out about five minutes before I really should have, uh, but the older I've, I've gotten, you know, not only fo focusing on staying low, but staying dark, um, yeah. and really trying not to use a, a headlamp as much as possible because, you know, no matter what color they, they throw out there and state is night vision, they still see it, you know, yeah. they still see it. It's still foreign. So I'm a firm believer in, you know, using as much natural light as possible and, and saving the artificial for when you absolutely need it. Yeah. Trying to get in and out of a stand or something, but, but once you get yep. down and you know your way out, you, you get to yep. uh, shut them all down. Yeah. That's exactly. kind of a, kind of a thing that, um, the farm I hunt here around home, it's not, uh, I don't own it. I have access to it and have for years, but, um, my food plot is excellent, but, but my access is terrible in that, yeah. I'll have to expose myself at some point. So I like, like you were saying, I try, I don't try not to touch it until damn near Halloween because I'm yeah. scared to death. Of, I don't want to educate them. And I, the few times, you know, you get out and you think, well, if I slip out of here quiet, well, there's, there's eyes in the woods and there's noses there. And there just so happens that the plot I'm on, they can come from anywhere. So who knows what I'm educating yeah. and what, but I was curious, you know, you were telling me about that. Um, I know you didn't get to hunt public land this year, but, but in the future, are you thinking about that? I know that's kind of the, I would love to hunt public land, but I don't have the patience anymore. <laughs> I, I am. I, and I haven't hunted much public land in the past, but <clears throat> I am going to focus on hunting it in the future. And there's a couple of reasons why. Um, biggest reason is I don't want to ha completely hammer and, um overuse the property that i that i currently hunt you know i mean 
let's face it, um, the more you go in, the more you're educating them. I mean, there's a reason they say the best time to hunt, the best time to hunt your stand is the first time you hunt it. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's all about repetition, and they're going to pick up on it. That's one reason. I, I just don't want to um, don't want to completely overutilize the, the the access I have. But I also want to hunt closer. Um, you know, it's a two and a half drive, two and a half hour drive to my to my farm, um, and with being as busy as we are, it's, I could be able to pick up on a dime and go hunt. Well, I can't do that. Um, so there's some, there's some properties that are within a 30 to 45 minute drive from my home that I'd really like to focus on this season. And it's just to give me more access to, to hunting, um, give me more time in the woods. Yeah. It's my biggest issue is, um, just finding the time to scout. And, you know, I'm not going to scout, <clears throat> I'm not going to scout come July, August, September. That's not the time. Um, really the time to scout is now, you know, yeah. especially right now, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> especially with the snow on the ground, you know, I mean, there's no better way to find your trails than, than right now. <laughs> so um, I really need to start focusing on, on scouting these next, this next, you know, a couple weeks into the next month, month and a half, just to really pinpoint um, a what I can get to the easiest. Yeah. B, uh, I want to do some research online to figure out just how many guys are talking about these properties, you know, because that's going to give me an idea of how many guys are hunting these properties. You know, uh, um, you hear you hear the the war stories all the time of. <clears throat> you walk into a stand on public land and uh, daylight comes and first light comes and you, all you see is guys around you. Well, I don't want to do that. Um, but you just got to put in the work to see how many people are talking about these properties, because the less you see it, see it in print, the less you see it online, the better chance you're going to have is uh, to, to find in a good spot and taking a deer. So are you so a good yeah. mobile hunter? Pardon me? Are you a good mobile hunter? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. That I can fully, fully admit that. Um, I'm, I've been known to tell myself, you know what? You need to get down. You need to go to spot B or spot C. But I'll be honest, you know, I, when I'm up there and I'm set up, inevitably, if I start getting down mid hunt to go to a, a different spot, I'm going to get busted. <laughs> At yeah. least that's what I think, you know. Um, I should be a better mobile hunter. You know, you hear about these guys who, who stalk and still hunt. <laughs> you got to give it to them because my big clumsy butt, it, it, no matter where I go, I'm hitting tree branches. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm cracking 35 branches with one step. You know, I'm making the most noise possible. So you got to <laughs> give it to guys who do that because I'm just not that savvy. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm 48 years old, and once my fat ass is in the tree, I'm like, well, yeah. that's where we're sitting. <laughs> yep, exactly. Okay, well, you got up. We're done huffing and puffing. I'm going to give myself 15 minutes for my heartbeat to come to rest, yeah. and I'm good. <laughs> Put my finger in the air and say, oh, crap, wind switch. Yeah. Well, today's a wash. <laughs> I guess yep. I'll plan my own. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I do need to get better at uh, um, adapting midday and and 
becoming more mobile because it has come to bite me in the ass. Um, as it has all of us, you know, but oh, yeah. it's just, I easier. Got a lot of, it, it is. just easier. It's just, yeah. um, and that's why the good ones are good because they put in the extra and I'm, Absolutely. A lot of times I'm just like, eh, yeah. there's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, tomorrow we'll hunt, you know, the opposite side of the of the property. But yeah, no, I, I, I'll i get there one day, hopefully. <laughs> well, those days are behind me. I know the farm I hunt in Illinois uh, with my partner that, that uh, helps me on this, the co-host. Um, when we started hunting over there 20 years ago, um, it was 20 years ago this year. So we would have been 27, 28 years old, 21 years ago now. Yeah. He told us a couple of years ago, he's like, you know, when you guys first started coming up here and I'd tell you, if you put your back, if you put your, your uh, stands on your back and you take off three quarters of a mile this way across that chiseled field, I guarantee you'll see a 150. And he goes, you guys would take off in a heartbeat. And he goes, now I catch you guys. You're within about a hundred yards of the road a lot. yeah and it's it gets harder it does you know it it does get tougher um you go out for an all-day sit now and you know when we were younger like you said in your 20s you'd go out for an all-day sit if you had the patience and you'd be fine uh but now it's your knees start hurting your ankles start getting to you your back starts you know getting the crick in it and it's yeah it, it's it's tougher it, it and the other thing is when your back starts hurting you or anything else i can't sit still i mean yep. you defeat the purpose yep yeah it, it does take it takes a lot of determination obviously it takes patience but it, it it does sheer determination because they're they're tough you know getting in that stand at five o'clock in the morning five thirty in the morning and sit until till dark till five thirty at night it's it's tough um, you know, it's no matter how many times you get up and, you know, get your blood flowing. I mean, it's, your body just doesn't react the same as, as when you're younger and it's, it starts to take its toll and it, it really does alter your hunting and your overall I approach. I don't know about you, but as the, so we, I generally take two weeks, uh, you know, anywhere from, I take two full weeks at work and it usually works out to yeah. around. 16 days um but each day that passes it's a little harder to get up yeah. <laughs> i'm thinking well i could just sleep in it'd be a lot easier <laughs> yep. i've always had more more success in the evenings anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and also i mean tell the truth at the end of those two weeks you are wore out oh th- this yeah. is my absolute passion this is the one thing that except for my children and my wife this is yeah the, one thing that is the most important to me. Yes. And if I get home, I can't hardly, I couldn't, you know, I'm like, I always feel guilty. Like, well, you need to go hunt, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to go hunt. There'd be, there's, there's a stretch there right around Halloween or around Thanksgiving where I'm like, thank God I'm sleeping. Yeah. in. And, uh, yep. I mean, it, it's the people who, who don't hunt, who don't understand, you know, they, because inevitably, when you come home from a hunt, you're tired. You're 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 not only physically but mentally as well. Yeah. Um, and you get the people who are like, "Well, I don't understand. How can you be tired just from sitting in the tree all day? You, you don't get it. You it, you clearly don't. You don't get what you're putting a your body through. Um, you know, 
your body's made to move and you are literally sitting there staying stagnant for hours on end. Not only that, <clears throat> but most of us, unless we have our phones in our hand, when you're sitting in your stand, you are, you're dialed in, you're, you're, you're locked in that entire time. I mean, you're solely focused on hearing or seeing your game that you're chasing. Yeah. People don't understand how much that, that, that mentally takes out of you. Um, but I, I definitely find like, <clears throat> if I take two weeks, like you said, I'll hunt 12 days and I'll come home on day 13, just so I can rest up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you do, you need that day or two just to, um, just to kind of get back and, and, and sleep it off because you come back on day 14 and go back to work that next day, you're going to be useless, you know, yeah. I mean, cause you're wiped out. I know this year I took, um, I took two weeks off and like on day four, I killed a pretty good buck. And so, um, yes, you did. Missouri wasn't in Missouri's rifle season. Wasn't in yet. Um, shotgun season in Illinois wasn't in yet. And I thought rather than waste this time and just sit around and maybe go sit down at the farm. And cause I was tagged out in Illinois. Uh, yeah. I went back to work for four days and I thought, well, yeah. we'll just <clears throat> roll the dice with the rifle season and shotgun season. But, um, and save my time for for better days. Yeah, I literally. Yeah. yeah. Now I've got a week to spend on turkey season. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's <clears throat> that's going to be here before we know it. Soon. Soon. Yeah. Let me ask you a couple quick things. We'll, we'll wrap this up. I appreciate you uh, taking time. I know your wife's probably upstairs trying to get the boys ready for bed. But um, <laughs> what what are, what would be your two biggest goals coming up for this upcoming season on um, what you learned last season? And I kind of put you on the spot here, but what, what do you think the two things you really need to, to um, focus on this upcoming year? Oh, wow. You really are putting me on the spot. Um, my first would be just creating peak food plots. Um, you know, I, I really, I succeeded in one of three. Um, did the drought hurt will, you? Because it got dry. It did. It, it did hurt me. But honestly, what hurt me is my pH levels. Okay. Um, this is the first year. And like I said, I've been doing these plots for six, seven years. Uh, this is the first year that I did soil samples. And they, man, they paid dividends. Um, I, I will get smarter with doing soil test every year um was your pH high or low it was it was extremely low low yeah extremely low so that's goal number one um is just doing my food food plots right being smart about it doing soil samples every year until i get you know a, a constant uh ph level where it needs to be and, and goal two is like i said um just what i've learned the past few years is being smart about when i hunt um, you know, I, I, I feel that the days I've been focusing on years past, I'm, I'm, I'm really just giving time away because I'm not maximizing my time in the woods. And that would be my ultimate goal is to, um, pinpoint the dates that I need to be in stand and maximize that daytime activity. Those, those are my two biggest goals just to be, to get smarter with my food and just smarter as an overall hunter and when to hunt. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I think I think you've got the right plan there. I think we, you and I have talked about it offline, but um, I think you're going to see more action those first that first week of November. I, yeah. I I truly deep in my heart believe that you if you've got the patience and you can wait it out, you'll probably catch a, the bigger buck maybe right at the end because he's he's kind of the one that's uh, he's been through the marathon before and, and I've said it before and it's awful to say, but he's looking for that first piece of ass and that last piece of ass where the other one's kind of. Yep it's a sprint and they're like, they're gas, they're done. Yeah. But, um, I really think you've kept, probably got the right idea there. So I hope. Well, I hope. Uh, well, if um, it's cool with you, maybe after Turkey season, we'll catch up and uh, see what happened like there. That. And uh, yeah. maybe talk about some of your summer plans, what you've got going on. And if you've done any scouting um, on that uh, public land, like you were saying, and, and kind of what your plans are there. Yeah. I'd like that. I'd be, I'd be happy to. I really appreciate you being on here, Nick. Uh, like I said, I know you're a busy guy, and um, your wife's upstairs probably pulling her hair out. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be okay. <laughs> All right, Nick. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Not a problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Bustin Beaks and Chasin Tales podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Bustin Beaks and Chasin Tales.